aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Nice and clean, execute our race. For a chosen position, got to be there at the end. Yep, copy that. Have a nice, smooth day and try to be there when it counts. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Uh, you just make the best decision you can based on the information you have. Three wide to the line in a photo finish. It's going to be Grant Enfinger. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Xfinity, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud partner of NASCAR. By Whelan, on the road, in the air, and around the world. Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. By Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you for yet another weekly get-together on the heels of NASCAR's longest race ever. The Coca-Cola 600 was on Sunday. It went into overtime and it was 607.5 miles, the longest race ever run in the history of this sport. And at night's end, it was Brad Keselowski who took the checkered flag. His crew chief, Jeremy Bullins, is going to join us here in a few moments to talk about the big win in the Coca-Cola 600. Also on the show today, we've got a new two with Rusty where he answers questions where you've called in and asked our NASCAR Hall of Famer what he thinks about certain things. We'll check in with Rusty, see what's going on there. The Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series races this week. We have a recap of the first two races in case you need a refresher. Plus, we've got a clip from Sunday Money with Corey LaJoy and a whole lot more. But first, what's being talked about in NASCAR Nation? Here's the host of NASCAR Today Midday, Kyle Ricky. Kyle? Thanks, Mike. It's been a busy week since racing got underway at Darlington, and not just with the weather. Perhaps one of the biggest storylines this past week has been with Chase Elliott after a heartbreaking end to the Darlington race Wednesday night involving Kyle Busch. Here comes Chase Elliott. He gets turned hard into the inside wall. Kyle Busch got into the left rear corner. Chase Elliott spins down and pancakes the inside safer barrier with the nose of the blue, yellow, and white Chevrolet Camaro. Chase Elliott will come to a rest. Instead of finishing in the top five, Elliott finished 38th. Elliott's crew chief, Alan Gustafson, expressed the team's frustration post-race and always coming up short. Uh, you know, he said he made a mistake, and he was he was looking in the mirror trying to gauge where Kevin was and, and, and hooked us. And, and uh, you know, I certainly don't think that, that, that he did it intentionally, but he's, he's way too good to make those kind of mistakes. And you just feel bad 
when you always come out on, on the bottom, uh, you know, on, on the bottom end of those deals, and and I certainly think we were in position to win the race, and it's, uh, it's tough, it's tough to uh, to lose like that. Kyle Busch repeatedly said it wasn't intentional, and how sorry he was that it happened. Fast forward to Sunday night's Coca-Cola 600. The laps are winding down, and Elliott finds himself once again in position to win. Leading with mere laps to go, redemption seemed to be in Elliott's hands. But a caution came out, and his lead unraveled, opting to pit for tires, putting him 11. While he did rally, he couldn't take the lead from Brad Keselowski. A second heartbreak back-to-back. -back. Uh, you just make the best decision you can based on the information you have. Uh, when you're leading the race like that, the people behind you are going to do the exact opposite of what you do. So uh, that was the, the situation we were put in. Al made a decision, we stuck with it, and, uh, and it didn't work out. Elliott technically finished third behind race winner Brad Keselowski and Jimmy Johnson, but in post-race, Johnson's number 48 car failed post-race inspection. Cup Series Managing Director Jay Fabian said the realignment failed and the decision to issue the penalty was difficult. You know, I, the, the 48 ran strong tonight, all night. There's no doubt I hate it for them. They had a good car, um, performed well. But yeah, the, the allowance is built in for parts that, um, that, that move. There's an allowance for that, but if parts break, um, you know, the, the, the number is the number. There is no real um, parameter outside of that. You know, there's parts in the past that have been designed to fail or break, and certainly not suggesting that that's the case here, but that's what's gotten us to this hard line of this is a post-race number, and there is a fair tolerance from pre-race numbers to post. And the penalties didn't stop there. Just four days after Denny Hamlin captured the checkered flag at Darlington Raceway, his fortunes turned 180 degrees before the Coca-Cola 600 even started. Hamlin's FedEx Toyota lost ballast as the cars left pit road to start the pre-race pace laps. He lost six laps before he even got up to speed while the team fixed it on pit road. Hamlin would finish 30th. Then learned on Monday that due to the issue, crew chief Chris Gabehart, car chief Brandon Griffith, and engineer Scott Simmons would be suspended for the next four NASCAR Cup Series races. And those are the biggest stories happening in NASCAR Nation. For more on these stories and more, visit MRN.com. I'm Kyle Rickey. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we've got Brad Keselowski's crew chief, Jeremy Bullens. He is the crew chief for the number two car. He'll join us, and later, we get you ready for the return of Truck Series Race. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. and pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Crew chief for the number two Miller Lite Ford, Jeremy Bullens, joins us next. 
This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Here's a special message for those of you who owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes. The IRS has special programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs. You may qualify for substantial savings, so get the help you need. Take down the number now for the Federal Tax Management Hotline, 800-242-1700. 800-242-1706. Clutch Coffee Bar in Mooresville, North Carolina is redefining the drive through coffee game in Race City, USA. The Clutch experience is fast, friendly, and delicious. Clutch Coffee Bar offers signature lattes and mochas, custom-flavored infused energy drinks, smoothies, and more. You can also order our signature Clutch Coffee Beans online and have them shipped directly to you. Go to clutchcoffeebar.com or visit our two locations in Mooresville, 356 Williamson Road, and 154 West Plaza Drive. Power up today with Clutch Coffee Bar. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The Coca-Cola 600 in the rearview mirror Sunday at Charlotte Motor Speedway. The longest ever cup race ever run in NASCAR history. 607.5 miles. And the winning crew chief, Jeremy Bellins, is here to talk about it. Jeremy, welcome back to NASCAR Live. Hey, thanks for having me. How many years have you been trying to win this Coca-Cola 600? Uh, well, you know, I started crew chief in the cup car, I guess, in 15. So, uh, you know, what's that, five, six years? So um, I was fortunate enough to win it one time as a race engineer, but uh, it's my first one as a cup crew chief. So it's a pretty special race to win. It is a special race to win. You got the Daytona 500. You obviously want to win the Brickyard, but there's something about that Coca-Cola 600. 600 miles, 607.5, according to the race report let's talk about the race car do you have to make many changes on that car over the course of the race you know we really didn't uh in the grand scheme of things when you talk about a 600 mile race but i think we only made one or two adjustments all night so that's that's pretty good you know i felt like we had it where it needed to be by the end of the um you know just tried to keep up with it with some tire pressure as we went as the, as the track was changing so i uh, felt like the team did a really good job with the starting setup and we were pretty close i'm curious to know you drew at Darlington. You qualified at Charlotte. Do you have a preference either way? I mean, I know you want every opportunity you can to start on the pole, but explain, if you will, to the listeners the difference of the preparations when you're drawing for one but actually going to qualify for another race. What are the differences there? Well, you know, the, the one thing is the qualifying at 600 was impound qualifying, so you're, it's basically your race set up with a few adjustments. So um, not a ton of work to go into that because we kind of have – kind of a set qualifying offset that we've kind of gotten used to using at the time. Uh, so, you know, you don't put a lot of extra effort into it. Uh, I'm a big fan of the bingo ball draw. I, we kind of joked about it. You know, I've, I've kind of said for a long time that, that that's a great way to shuffle up the beginning of the races and, and spread the field out a little bit. And it was kind of ironic that the first event we had a bingo ball, we got the pole. So I don't mind either way. Uh, it's the same for everybody. And, if you do, if you have a draw and you do it long enough, you know some weeks it's going to be great for you, and some weeks it's going to be bad for you. And that's just we. Anybody that grew up short track racing knows how that works because we used to do it for heat races every Saturday night. So some weeks you draw the one, and some weeks you draw the twenty, and it's just how it goes. So it doesn't matter to be honest. It's just a you know, as long as it's the same for everybody, we'll go racing. You know the interesting thing about this, you're you're mentioning one of many adjustments that have been made. To get us back to racing, the other is the inversion, um, where the top 20 have been, <clears throat> excuse me, inverted. 
what it's amazing what we can come up with when we have to uh no practice we have methods to qualify and a lot of changes what are your thoughts on the different things that we're utilizing just to get us back to the racetrack on top of the on top of the protocols and all that we need to do to go back racing these days well i think that you know to run three races a week essentially saturday wednesday or sunday wednesday sunday to run three races in that short amount of time a one-day show is almost the only way you can keep that sustainable. If we had a two- or three-day show with practice and qualifying and everything that goes into that, you know, you're adding backup cars, you're adding a lot of extra work, you're adding more people at the racetrack, we're adding a lot of things that would make this almost impossible to pull off at this point. So by not having practice, that means we don't have a backup car there. Um, you know, not having qualifying means you don't have to have a backup car. You had a couple guys that had to go to a backup car or fix their car after qualifying the other day, you know, so it does happen. I, I think a lot of that stuff is born out of necessity to be able to get back racing. But I, I do think, you know, you see some things that like, hmm, maybe that's not a bad idea. You know, the, the invert thing kind of shakes the, you know, we, we had 600 miles for the top 20 to figure out who was the fastest and you take all the guys that wound up at the front of the pack and put them in the back to start the next race. It's not the worst idea. You know, they're going to have to pass cars to get back to the front. So it certainly makes it interesting. It indeed does. We're chatting with Jeremy Bullens, race winning crew chief from the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Jeremy mentioned Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, our next race Wednesday night, albeit 207 laps, almost half of what we ran on Sunday what about the race going to 500 kilometers on Wednesday? What can you, what can you take and apply, and then what do you have to adjust to make it work in a condensed form at Charlotte on a Wednesday night under the lights? Well, I think you, you know, from a crew chief's perspective, you look at you know what time does the race start? You know, what did the track do at that time of night? The other on Sunday night, you know, was the PJ one had it been running enough? Or are they going to reapply after the truck race? You know, all those kind of things as far as what happens to the second lane. Um, you know, are you going to be able to use the second lane to pass? You know, is it going to be bottom lane dominant for a while? Um, you know, you start looking at the differences in stage lengths. You know, with the 600, the stages are 100 laps, so you have to pit during the stage. Um, I think the stages are like lap 55 and, and one something. So it's like you don't have, you won't have to pit during that stage. So, um, you know, that kind of changes the strategy up a little bit. So, see how it all plays out you know if it goes green do we have cautions because it's single lane or you know those kinds of things like you know it's just a lot of variables when you shorten the race up like that and then we're off to bristol one of the shortest tracks that we have on the circuit first short track race of the year what's the turnaround like when we throw the checkers wednesday night at charlotte to get everything buttoned up get on the road to go to bristol for a 500 miler yeah so you know um kind of the way we did it last week after Darlington is, you know, the guys got home pretty late from Darlington. So the guys who traveled, uh, we gave them Thursday morning off. We've been working a morning shift at, at our shop. So uh, we've kind of been splitting everybody up. We've got teams working in the afternoon. We're working in the morning. Um, so I gave the guys the morning off, and then we worked Friday and Saturday to get the car ready for Sunday. And uh, we'll probably do something similar to that. We'll come in and work a little bit Thursday maybe because we're closer to home. Uh, but most likely we'll we'll get a good jump on it Friday. We'll have the guys who aren't traveling or in the shop working on it. Uh, they're going to start working on it tomorrow. Uh, it's actually in really good shape already. So hopefully it won't be too bad when we can get loaded up, you know, either late Friday or early Saturday morning and be ready to go race again. Lots of business going on right now, and it's very welcome considering all that we've been through and the weeks we had 
without racing. Appreciate you taking time to join us. Congratulations on on winning one of the sport's biggest races. And, well, good luck getting more this year. I'm sure that there's more winning in store for that number two car. Well, we hope so. You know, it's uh, we knew when we got paired up with Brad that, you know, we felt like we had the opportunity to win a bunch of races. And uh, we felt like we've had a couple opportunities this year where we've been close, and it was nice to capitalize on one and, uh, you know, hopefully many more. Appreciate the time, my friend. Go get them. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. That's Jeremy Bullens, crew chief for Brad Keselowski, the number two Miller Lite Fords winner of the Coca-Cola 600 Sunday at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Hey there, it's Hall of Fame driver Rusty Wallace for Blue Emu. After spending nearly a quarter of a century in a race car, I know what it means to be banged up and bruised up. As Wallace spins, Wallace That's why I reach for Blue Emu products to support my muscles and joints. Blue Emu is known for quality and innovation. And Blue Emu is one of the few muscle and joint brands that is 100% owned, distributed, and manufactured in the USA. For Hall of Fame relief, reach for Blue Emu. Works fast and you won't stink. The official pain relief cream of NASCAR. For more than 80 years, Detroit Diesel has been the legendary driving force powering Freightliner and Western Star trucks across North America. Through our state-of-the-art Detroit technologies and components and safety systems, we've earned our customers' trust as a reliable business partner dedicated to improving their bottom line. It's no wonder they continue to depend on Detroit to keep them safe and efficient on the road. When you demand it all, demand Detroit. The Xfinity fastest lap in Sunday's Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway was turned by Denny Hamlin with a speed of 181.763 miles an hour. Happened on lap 351. The Xfinity fastest lap is brought to you by Xfinity. That wasn't just fast. That was Xfinity fast. Xfinity, proud partner of NASCAR. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Now we're uh, easy top 10 car. Before you dive into the race weekend, get up to speed with MRN Out Loud. That is what makes an extraordinary team. I'm Woody Kane, inviting you to join me every Thursday as we talk to NASCAR drivers and crew chiefs about the coming weekend's race. There, there's a lot that we've been working on. And let you know when and where to hear MRN's coverage from the track. It's one of the older race surfaces we go to. Gear up for the race when you catch MRN Out Loud streaming every Thursday at MRN.com or wherever great podcasts are found. Jeff Gordon has come from virtually nowhere. He's one of NASCAR's all-time greats. For the 93rd time in his career. A pioneering champion. Be at the right place at the right time. The kid who took on the good old boys and changed NASCAR. We started to go toe-to-toe from Earnhardt. MRN presents a 10-part podcast series that traces Jeff Gordon's rise to NASCAR legend. Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. Available now at MRN.com and your favorite podcast source. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's been a long time since the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series was on track. Matter of fact, 95 days between their last race in Las Vegas and what will be their return at Charlotte Motor Speedway. We thought a reset of the season would be in order. Here's Jeff Striegel to help jog your Truck Series memory. It's hard to remember that it was just a handful of months ago that the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series kicked off their 2020 season at Daytona, followed by Las Vegas. Three months later, the tough trucks of NASCAR are returning to the track at Charlotte. Let's refresh your memory of what's happened in the Truck Series so far. 
We've been through an offseason and a lot of change, and here we sit on Valentine's Day 2020, getting ready to embark on yet another racing season. Riley Herbst grabbed the pole for the season opener at Daytona, but it wasn't long before a handful of drivers started swapping the lead around. Only a few crashes paused the racing until the very end, when the big one happened. Here they come, looking three wide again. Oh, they're tearing it up. They're colliding, and the whole pack comes apart. Everybody crashing, with the exception of Grant Enfinger and Gilliland. A dozen trucks and more spinning and crashing. Tyler Ankrum is in it. Too many trucks to name, and a gigantic cloud of smoke as the pack came apart in turn two. It was a race to the finish in overtime, and that finish was spectacular. Here they come with the white flag in the air. The leader crosses the line, takes the white flag. It's Grant Enfinger. They hit back to turn one. Enfinger trying to hold off the pack, and he's got trucks all over his back bumper. Chastain to the outside. He gets sideways, slides up, keeps it off the safer barrier. But he's going to drop all the way back outside the top six or seven. Enfinger with Jordan Anderson now up to second. Grant Enfinger, the race leader. Jordan Anderson up to the second position and within a truck length. Cody Rohrbaugh is in third, and Natalie Decker fourth in three. These four trucks lined up. Anderson to the rear bumper of Infinger. He's there. Can he make a move? Infinger looking high, looking low, trying to defend the race lead as they come to the checker. Jordan Anderson working Grant Infinger over. Here's Anderson to the outside. It's a sprint to the finish line. They're banging corner panels three wide to the line in a photo finish. It's going to be Grant Enfinger who will win by one one hundredth of a second here at Daytona International Speedway. Wow. It would have been a good story for Jordan to win, but uh, it was a better story for us for, for us to win. So uh, he gave us some good shoves there. I, I knew he was going to try to make a move, uh, and he did. Uh, just an unbelievable Ford F-150 we had here. Hundredth win for, for Ford in the truck series. The 25th anniversary for Duke and Ron DeThorson. Uh, man, God has blessed me with some unbelievable opportunities, and uh, maybe maybe this is, uh, is a year for us. Grant Enfinger started 2020 strong, then moving to a track where he collected a victory back in 2018, Las Vegas. Series veteran Johnny Sauter started on the pole in a race that didn't have many cautions, but it didn't take long for a Cup Series driver, Kyle Busch, to get out front and stay out front the majority of the race. And he gets the white flag. One more lap to go for Kyle Busch here at Las Vegas. Another dominant night here in his hometown of Las Vegas, Nevada. Kyle Busch won stage one, won stage two, and is now dominating this third and final stage. He leads up the backstretch for the final time. And he simply carved his way around this racetrack, putting that truck wherever he prefers with no problem whatsoever. Kyle Busch making his way through three and four for the final time. He will win his seventh consecutive start in this series, and he will capture the Strat 200 for the third straight year. Kyle Busch flashes across the line and takes the checkered flag. And that is where the truck season abruptly stopped. The hiatus benefited one truck driver, Brett Moffitt. If you remember, he broke both legs back in March and was looking at missing a few races. But with the break in the season, it allowed him to heal and recover, jumping back into the season like nothing happened. It's been three months, but the tough trucks of NASCAR are ready to hit the track. Thank you, Jeff. Woody Kane recently caught up with Truck Series champion Johnny Sauter to see how he's feeling about the series returning and also Thor Sport General Manager David Pepper. Johnny, are you chomping at the bit to get back at it? I know you got a house full of kids. You're probably ready for a break, aren't you? <laughs> 
better than myself, actually. So, um, yeah, it's nice to, to, to be around home a little bit, but it's uh, also really nice to be able to go to the racetrack and strap the helmet on and, and, and go race. So, um, yeah, just really excited, obviously, to have a new partnership with uh, Alltech Lansing and Vimtar and Sakara International. Um, like Pepper mentioned, we were supposed to, you know, have this unveiling in, in, uh, in Atlanta, and it didn't quite work out that way. So, um, looking forward to getting to go to Charlotte on May 26th and, and get the season backfired up. And uh, we've had a great start to the year, so I'm looking forward to picking up where we left off. So, um, we do a new partnership and, uh, you know, for the whole floor sport, the, the group here. Uh, it's a great opportunity for us, and, and uh, we're looking forward to capitalizing on it when we get back to the racetrack, for sure. David, you guys are one of the bigger, if not the biggest, truck team. And I know for some of the smaller teams, this has been a very difficult time. But just because you have a lot of resources and a lot of people doesn't necessarily mean it's been easy. What's it been like at the shop there? You guys haven't been able to, to get back to work until recently, I assume. So what's it been like there to keep uh, everything going like you need it to go to be ready when it's time to come back? To be quite honest with you, and I know everybody says it, but uh, we truly mean it. We, we've got some of the best ownership with Duke and Ronald Thorson that you could possibly have. Uh, you know, we came back from Atlanta and we were here for about two weeks working and, and we kind of saw what was coming down the pipe that we might not be able to work all the way through this. And so, you know, they kind of allowed us to really go to work and we racked up some overtime and really got uh, ahead of the game, building trucks, and hanging bodies and, and doing a lot of things. And, and then when we came back, uh, you know, last week when the uh, stay at home order was lifted, we went right back at it. Uh, we have every resource we need. We had, uh, you know, no layoffs, no furloughs. Uh, you know, do kind of plan in place. Uh, his business plan is is outstanding, keeping this team going. And uh, you know, we're we're just we're just preparing to go racing. I know everybody likes to say that, but I think Johnny can speak to that. He came here uh, last week for the first time in a few weeks, and, and the fleet of trucks across the board, not only his is uh, 13 trucks, but just across the board at Thorsport. This is as many trucks as we have prepared to go racing as we've ever had here. So we really, honestly, have had very few, if any, hiccups other than the guys got a little break in the action, recharged their batteries, and we're ready to go racing. Well, guys, look, we appreciate your time. Johnny Sauter, former champ, and David Pepper, the GM of Thorsport Racing. Congratulations on the new sponsorship, and can't wait to see you guys back at the track. Thank you, Woody. Coming up on NASCAR Live, NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace answers your questions in our popular segment, Two with Rusty. And later, Greg Stucker of Goodyear will join us. The return of green flags and checkered flags. Rivalry and tradition. Drifting, drafting, ripping the wall, trading paint, gas and goes, bump and runs. Too tight, too loose, fresh rubber, scuffed tires, smoking tires. Extreme heat, major heart, the fearless. This is The Return of loud nascar is back and we're bringing you the best seat in the house xfinity proud premier partner of nascar when you're on the go missing the side-by-side -side action at the racetrack isn't a problem here comes logano on the high side he drives it deep into turn number two motor racing network brings the nascar race to you wherever you are so you don't miss one lap of the excitement. Denny Hamlin has won the 61st edition of the Daytona 500. You are the band, D.H. The power of radio to the imagination of the listener. Tune in to the Motor Racing Network. Visit MRN.com for an affiliate list in your local area. A new two with Rusty is next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. 
For five decades, the Motor Racing Network has been the voice of NASCAR. And now, it's time to tell our story. They are in turn two in front of Mike Joy. With help from some of the sport's iconic voices. Oh, crap! And I spin around. Here comes Richard Petty. I'm Fred Armstrong. Join me for MRN's newest podcast series. MRN presents 50 Years, the voice of NASCAR. Available for download on MRN.com. And wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Wing Sprint Cars. That's what we talk about on Wing Nation, presented by Hercules Tire. I'm Steve Post. Join Aaron Everham and me Tuesdays at noon Eastern Time as we talk with race winners and newsmakers from dirt tracks across America. From the world of outlaws to your local track, we cover the greatest show on dirt. Join us live Tuesday on Facebook Live or WingNation.com. Or catch our Tuesday and Thursday podcast on YouTube or your favorite podcast provider. Wing Nation, your home for Wing Sprint Car Talk. Whelan would like to congratulate Brad Keselowski and his number two Team Penske pit crew for the win at Charlotte Motor Speedway. They are the Whelan pit crew of the week. When the final caution of the day came out with two laps to go, Keselowski stayed on the track while the leader pitted for tires. It was the winning call. It was something, you know, Chase was really, really strong, and I was just thinking, man, I hate I'm going to finish second. I just need a break, and that yellow came. I was like, well, let's see what we got, and uh, we had kind of lost the race I think uh, or two that way last year I was like you know what we might lose the race this way but at least we're going to try. On the road in the air and around the world Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard and trusted to perform now back to your host Mike Bagley Welcome back to NASCAR Live one of our most popular segments recently has been Two with Rusty where NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace answers your questions. We've got a new episode for you. Maybe he's answered a question that you submitted. Rusty Wallace going back to victory lane of Martinsville. How well do you know NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace? Rusty Wallace is the 1989 Winston Cup champion. An unfiltered, unbiased opinion on topics that burn in NASCAR nation. Man, if I would have done that back then, I'd have blew a lot of stuff up. I'd have had problems, you know. <laughs> From the ever-changing landscape of the sport to random facts about the NASCAR Hall of Famer. I'm not a good golfer at all. <laughs> it's two with Rusty, only on the Motor Racing Network. Welcome to Two with Rusty, your chance to get to know the 1989 NASCAR Premier Series champion, Rusty Wallace. I'm Jeff Striegel, joined by the man who has 55 Cup Career Series wins. And, of course, we encourage you to join us. You can send your questions to us via our Twitter at MRN Radio using the hashtag AskMRN. Or you can also call your questions in. You can do that by calling one 844 ask MRN. That's one eight four 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 ask MRN. Yes. Uh, good afternoon, Motor Racing Network. My name is Malcolm from Ohio, um, Northwest Ohio. I wanted to ask '89 uh, Cup champion if Rusty Wallace is a licensed pilot, and if he is, what is his favorite aircraft to fly? Thank you, MRN, for the question. I got my pilot's license all the way back in 1984. But then I just kept flying and flying, and I got my instrument rating, my single-engine instrument rating. Then I got my twin-engine instrument rating. Then I got jet rated. And uh, when it was all said and done after I sold the Learjet, I have accumulated close to 12,000 hours of flight time. Uh, oh, almost all the success that we've had in flying to my, my buddy Bill Brooks. Bill uh, spent th- three stits of Vietnam. Just a great guy, super smart guy. 
Um, after we sold the Lear, Bill went on to fly helicopters for Roger Penske. And uh, just a wonderful man. It taught me a lot. But, uh, yeah, I got my license all the way back in 84, but really didn't get uh, you know my instrument jet ready until a little later after that. But still, I've got to say my favorite aircraft to fly was the Lear 31A. I bought that airplane in 1998 and flew it clear to 2014, and I just loved that plane. I mean, that thing would go up to, it was certified to 51,000 foot, but I flew it routinely at 45,000, mostly 45, 43,000, but, man, it was fast, easy to handle, great handling airplane. I always felt real safe and in control. It, I got around a lot of weather, got on top of weather, uh, had real good equipment in it, but... Uh, yeah, there came a point in my life that when I quit driving and uh, and quit doing television and stuff like that, I just didn't need it. So I sold the airplane. But I've had, man, I've been an airplane junkie. I've had several in the past. I currently have a King Air F90 that I fly. But, um, yeah, that that was probably my best. That was an amazing airplane. Hi, this is for Rusty Wallace and the two for Rusty. I just wanted to talk about the 1989 Winston. Um did you ever choke on that $200,000? You know, that race in 89 at the Winston one, we had the big crash, me and Daryl. You know, I, I won that race, and I, I got over 200000 He says 200000 and, and by the way, I did not choke on that two hundred, but I really think it was $250,000 we ended up getting. But after it was all said and done, a week passed, and I remember me and Daryl sat down and talked a little bit. And it's amazing. In NASCAR, you better, you better get over it real fast or you're going to have a problem. Literally in one week, we both got over that. And I, I'm happy to say that right now, him and I are, are pretty doggone good friends. We really are. It's a, it, it, it's, he's, he's a good guy, and we had a tough time back then, but we mend fences pretty quickly. I just hope he chokes on that 200000 That's all I can tell him. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Two with Rusty. That's the 1989 Cup champion Rusty Wallace. And again, as a reminder, if you have a question for Two with Rusty, you can chime in on Twitter at MRN Radio using the hashtag AskMRN, or you can call your question in at 1-844-4-ASK-MRN. It's Two with NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace, only on the Motor Racing Network. To ask a question for upcoming Two with Rusty segments, join the conversation on Twitter at MRN Radio using the hashtag AskMRN. If you'd like to call in a question, my question was for Rusty Wallace. Use the MRN hotline at 1 844 4AskMRN. Just want to ask Rusty on the days back when he was driving the Kodiak car. It's Two with Rusty, only on the Motor Racing Network. Keep those questions coming, folks. Ask Rusty on Twitter at MRN Radio using the hashtag AskMRN. Coming up, MRN's Woody Kane chats with Greg Stucker about Goodyear's position when the hiatus happened and how they're preparing to race again. And later, we'll give you a little snippet of Sunday money. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. 
Hi, folks. Mike Bagley here. At MRN, we rely on equipment from Racing Electronics. Joey Logano to the lead on the back straightaway. Racing Electronics has scanners and headphones. We can listen to every uncensored conversation between driver and crew. And when we need live audio, in-car cameras, and up-to-the-second statistics, use their latest handheld unit called Legend. To learn more about these products and many others, visit RacingElectronics.com. Racing Electronics, the official two-way communication partner of MRN. Hear how Goodyear handled the break in the 2020 season and what they have to do to prepare for racing again next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. It's ripped the fence. Alex Bowman is here. Jeff Gordon, your boss, was there one night slinging back whatever he was drinking. We won't confirm what he was drinking. Maybe we'll do that in a little bit. He was drinking Stella. Stella Artois. Wow, classy. You can misconstrue that between arrogance or confidence, and you know sometimes there's a fine line. I think the mustache was the confidence. Definitely. I don't know. I don't know how I had any confidence after wearing that damn thing. It's the Rip the Fence podcast, available on MRN.com and your favorite podcast app. NASCAR local, regional, and international racing. Grassroots racing. From the short tracks of America to the road courses of Europe and Mexico. I'm Kyle Rickey. Join Hannah Newhouse and me for NASCAR Coast to Coast. Presented by Whelan and Hercules Tires. Each week on the Motor Racing Network, we'll talk with the race winners, newsmakers, and grassroots racing personalities. NASCAR Coast to Coast on the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. When NASCAR went into hiatus mode, Goodyear already had several races worth of tires prepared. MRN's Woody Kane chatted with Goodyear's director of racing, Greg Stucker, about the challenges of coming back and going to tracks previously not scheduled. Greg Stucker is Goodyear's director of racing, and he joins us now to talk about what we've seen and what we're going to see in the future. I saw where in Goodyear's release for the weekend, you said it's important to be nimble right now, and I guess that's kind of the watchword for everybody, isn't it? I, I think so. I think that's uh, that's one thing we've all learned over the, the course of the last several weeks, uh, Woody, is just, um, you know, let's just, just, just take it one day at a time. Um, you know, I, I think NASCAR had a, had a good plan um, as we opened up racing, but, you know, that – that plan was uh, was the the last of a lot of iterations over the last several weeks uh, to try to adjust to you know to the situation at large and the individual states uh, circumstances and and just making sure that we you know we we did all the right things to you know to get where we all wanted to be and that was back on the racetrack so my hat my hats off to them we we've, we've been working with them very closely for the last several weeks to to figure out <clears throat> what our role is in that schedule but uh, I think we're off to a, to a great start, and um, and and we're just going to have to keep, continue to be nimble and uh, and adjust as we need to. Speaking of that, I, I also understand that the tire that was used at Darlington is same for both Cup and Xfinity, but it's the same one that would have been used at Homestead. Is that right? That's uh, that's correct. You know, this is the tire that that we raced uh, here at Darlington last year. And then we raced the same combination <clears throat> at Homestead at the end of the 2019 season, and and these actual tires had already been produced, uh, were were mounted and uh, and ready to go to Homestead. Um, you know, a lot of people might might not realize, but we pre-mount <clears throat> about 75 to 80 percent of the tires 
before we get to the racetrack. So we, we mount them at our facility in Cornelius outside of Charlotte, uh, and then we ship the mounted assemblies uh, to the racetrack. And so those tires were already mounted, ready to ship. Um, if you recall, everything started started to change as we were sitting in Atlanta, and Homestead was the next race on the calendar. So those tires were ready to go. Um, we simply kept them on Cornelius, uh, kept them mounted, uh, segregated them by a team, um, and just kind of waited out and, and to see what uh, you know what the next step was going to be. Thinking, okay, we're going to go back to Homestead, or or maybe you know use them somewhere else. And, and sure enough, uh, Darlington came up as um, you know as the opening race, mm-hmm. and so we just switched them over to to use for Darlington um, instead of Homestead. And uh, you know, as we go back to Homestead, if we do soon, then we'll you know then we'll you know we'll re build those tires to, to go back to Homestead. So it, it actually worked out very well, uh, you know, with us or worked out very well for us uh, as we work through with NASCAR. Just because um, I, I really don't know the answer, I'm curious and excuse my ignorance, but what is the lifespan of a tire that's just sitting there? It's not like milk in your fridge. How long can it last? Uh, you know, they, they could last for years. Um, okay. As long as you keep them, uh, you know, stored in, in the right environment, uh, our facility is temperature controlled. Um, you know, we, we try not to, to keep tires on the racing uh, racing side of business, you know, longer than several months. Uh, we may we may use tires that are that are nine or 10 months old uh, as leftovers from one year into the next. But that's kind of a rare occasion. Um, we 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 usually make fresh production for every cup race for sure. And then carry some of those leftovers, uh, you know, from cup races into an Xfinity race or into a truck race, uh, as we go throughout the year. So we try to keep them as fresh as possible, but, um, you know, as long as tires are maintained and protected, uh, they can last several years. You, you might remember several, several years back, um, you know, one of the first times we ran, uh, we ran a, a wet race, uh, up in Montreal for the yeah. Xfinity uh, cars, you know, those tires are actually several years old hmm. and, um, and they worked, uh, you know, very, very well again, because we had stored them well, uh, kept them, you know, in, in a, temperature-controlled environment and, uh, and just made sure they were in good shape. Uh, we talked with a lot of the teams about what it's been like to to gear up and then shut down and then gear back up again. For, for Goodyear, what has that been like for you guys? Because you have to build up some inventory um, similar in some respects, so the teams have to get some cars ready well ahead of time, but then to shut down and start back up again. What's that been like for Goodyear? Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, it's, it's been a challenge, uh, just, you know, with the, the ebb and flow of, of the way the schedules have, have been evolving. Um, you know, our, <clears throat> we, as a company, we, we basically, uh, you know, shut down, uh, slowed down, uh, back in, uh, the middle of, uh, middle of March and, uh, just a week or so later, we actually closed our factory uh, right there. Innovation Center Manufacturing is, is our manufacturing plant where we produce all of our race tires right in Akron. So so uh, the plant has been down until uh, just last Monday uh, when we uh, when we brought it back up. So fortunately, you know, we, prior to the, the COVID uh, situation, we had actually uh, produced everything up uh, through the end of May. So everything you know, like from Martinsville and Talladega and Atlanta, obviously I mentioned Homestead, Charlotte was already produced, Kansas. Um, so we were in, you know, we were in good shape. We were, we were at least 60 days ahead, you know, for all the events. Of course, that, uh, that kind of quickly came to a halt. So yeah. now if, if you look at this, at the upcoming schedule, you know, 
we're going to go to Charlotte. We're going to go to, you know, we're going to go to Atlanta. We're going to go to Martinsville. We're going to go to Bristol. You know, uh, all those tires are produced. So, okay. you know, we're, we're in good shape as, as we work through this next series of events, you know, but beyond that, um, you know, we, we've, we've been working with NASCAR and staying very close on what, uh, you know, on what the next events are so we can make sure that we're producing the right tires. So, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be the challenge from here on out, you know, as things evolve, um, as the weekend formats evolve, right. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, we're not having practice, we're not having qualifying. Um, then we've got to adjust the quantity of tires that we produce. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes Xfinity is going to run where they were scheduled to run, but they're, you know, they're not some other time. So, so the key, you know, is staying, you know, closely in tune with NASCAR as, as things evolve. And, and we've been doing that, like I said, for several weeks. Uh, so we'll continue to do that and, and, and adjust the schedule. Thank you, Woody. Coming up, we've got a little piece of Sunday Money's latest episode. And later, a new 48 Stories with Jimmy Johnson. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Wheelin designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Wheelin product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelin is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Here is a snippet of the latest episode of Sunday Money next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Wherever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. You can count on Hercules Tires to have your back when times are tough all while adding money to your pocket. The purchase of four qualifying Hercules tires through May 31st, 2020 could get you up to a $70 Visa prepaid card. Visit HerculesTire.com slash spring rebate to learn more. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Check out MRN.com for a podcast series called The Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. We'll take you back to some great races. Here they come. They're crashing in the back at the line. Mike Skinner wins it. Some wild moments. Brendan Gaughan gets turned around and slams hard into the inside retaining wall. And the stories that go with them. We lost the championship, but there was a lot of ugly things that went on behind the scenes. Ended a lot of friendships, actually, to this day. Download the shows for free on iTunes and at MRN.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to wrap things up shortly here on NASCAR Live. So glad you're spending your time with us. And in case you are not a weekly listener, which, by the way, you should be, Corey LaJoy, Lauren Fox, and Daryl Mott have not missed a week of podcasting, even with the quarantine. This week's episode covered a lot of topics. Here's a taste of Sunday money. The 600 Memorial Day weekend is my top two or three race all year maybe top two it's the 500 and the 600 for pre-race stuff it just gets you amped up all your friends are there because you're in charlotte right you see all the book your buddies and your family and your friends that you you don't normally see at the racetrack 
and you got the guns popping and cannons going off and you got the flyovers and pay, people parachuting and American flags everywhere. We had none of that. Um, and it was pretty sad, a little, very anticlimactic. Um, and then we just kind of got in the car. Like it's weird now that they just you say the invocation on the PA system and then somebody pops up at the Jumbotron and sings the national anthem, which by the way, the guy who sung the national anthem uh, sung it at Phoenix as well. If you don't know any back, I wish I knew his name off the top of my head. I don't have it in front of me, but I met that guy in Phoenix. Uh, he had, he, he served in the armed forces and had uh, jaw cancer, had his whole jaw removed, said they probably, he'd never ever speak again. And now he sings national anthems all across the world. And it's freaking awesome to hear him uh, belt it out. So that, that'll definitely give you the, the goosebumps. But other than that, pre-race to the 600, I know it's out of necessity. We got to get it in, but I cannot wait to get people back in the stands and we can just start doing stuff that gets like, gets the energy and gets the event going. Like just the race itself only brings so much, so much flavor, but it's everything along with it. It makes it an event. what do you think, Daryl? I miss being there and seeing you in person, my friend. Yeah. I mean, you miss being at the bush tent giving free beers to all the all the crazy uh it's a it's so long right it's a long race man it's always been a long race we can talk about it's it's dude it's forever long but let's i don't want to jump too far forward let's talk about darlington on wednesday because that happened after since uh since we pod pod last um it was shaping up to be a really good finish at the end with some guys on different tire strategies and then the rain came which there was literally i literally said there there was going to be one percent chance we got that race in with how bad the weather looked but sure enough nascar stick to their guns whip the air titans out got her dried off and we ran i don't know how many laps there was 17 laps short of a full race so um that's what we had did you watch that race, Daryl? Yeah, I'm, watching, I'm, I'm watching all the races because I have so much free time. <laughs> yeah, I watched Darlington. It was good. I, you know, I think uh, – I don't know. If, I never thought practice really helped you guys, but I'm starting to think that practice is pretty important. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of chatter on the old group me text about everybody saying – a lot of people are saying that, you know uh, – now, when we go back to do a full weekend and we have three practices of an hour and we're just blasting through tires and making like 30 second of, of, of shock shim adjustments, like that is wasting a lot of time and a lot of money mm-hmm. because really and truly our setups aren't, don't vary that much whether we, uh, and have three hours of practice. Cause usually we end up going down a rabbit hole and coming back and realizing what we unloaded with was the best to start with like Steve Latart says it all the time. He says, Dale Jr. is like, Steve, why do we always pretty much end up where, where we started practice? And Steve's like, do you think we work for three weeks on the simulation and the seven post to bring something we want to sit here and throw every different spring at it at the racetrack? No. Like you bring what you think is the best possible setup to the racetrack. So that's what we're seeing. You see in the engineers spend a lot of time in the simulator uh, and going back to old notes. And that's what is kind of, turn them back up. So I think, I think practice is overrated anymore. I think because you don't see guys missing the setups that bad. 
No, but you see a lot of guys sliding to their pit boxes and going too fast on pit road. A lot of weird penalties like that that are probably from not being able to practice, I guess. Well, we don't, we run pit road speed during practice, but you don't ever really slide in the box. That just comes from reps. But it also comes from sitting on the couch for 10 weeks and then trying to get every ounce of speed that there is to take on the table. And pit road, there is a lot of – there's a lot of stuff to be gained and lost with just – a couple feet here or there that might be the difference in passing somebody and then lining up on the outside groove uh that's preferred so i mean pit road as you saw last night with kyle bush and xfinity race it should have cost him the win but obviously it didn't because he's like it's literally taking candy from not even babies like taking candy from an infant um when it comes to him in the xfinity series but yeah there, i mean i think it's a lot of it's just getting back getting reps in it uh Coke 600 was the first time we did green flag pit stop since we've been back. So that was, there was a lot of variance in who was getting after it and who wasn't to getting, being aggressive on pit road. You can listen to Sunday money on all streaming platforms, especially MRN.com coming up. It's a new 48 stories with Jimmy Johnson. And we've got this week in NASCAR history. Today's broadcast is brought to you by blue emu maximum pain relief, the official pain relief cream of the motor racing network. Times have been tough lately. Fridays feel like Mondays. Weekends like weekdays. But soon, that will change. Because soon, we will have race day. A day to be thankful for those off the track while we root together for our drivers on it. A day when the red flag is lifted and the green flag flies again. A day that is just the beginning. NASCAR is back. The NASCAR Cup Series on Fox and FS1. Brought to you by Bush Beer. This is MRN's Mike Bagley, and your eNASCAR iRacing race day is about to get more exciting. Finish Line, the preeminent free-to-play NASCAR game, is live and free to download for Apple and Android devices. Completely free to play, Finish Line gives you a chance to win or share our $5,000 weekly jackpot. The eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series is revving up, so get the app and make your picks. Download the Finish Line app today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Each race day is a new chance to win $5,000. Will you be next? This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We continue our celebration of Jimmy Johnson in his final full-time Cup Series season with 48 stories. It's 48 stories with Jimmy Johnson. NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Daniel Hemrick grew up in Charlotte and remembers a special moment at the track's victory lane when he was younger. Funny story, the first guy that ever gave me a ride in any kind of race car was a legend car. His name was Tim Latiga, and at the time, he was the rear changer for Jimmy through his first championship, through his first Daytona 500, and through the first four years of the dominance, right? So, yeah, I was uh, 13, 14, 15 years old through that time, and, man, literally, he knew when he went to the racetrack with Jimmy Johnson, um, they had a shot every week, and probably the highest bet to win. And uh, being somewhat a part of that fall was pretty cool. Um, and just one more little tab of information. I remember when he won the All-Star race his first time, Jimmy did. I was sitting with a sitting with a friend on the backstretch. Rain delay happened. And my guy that I drove for, who was the rear tire changer, he says, hey, my wife's leaving. You can come grab her hot pass. You can get inside. Fast forward two hours, three hours later, Jimmy goes on and wins the All-Star race. And I got a picture of me standing on the podium, just random, the whole team. And somehow I weaseled my way to be right next to Jimmy holding the one finger up in this All-Star photo. So that's pretty cool. This has been 48 Stories with Jimmy Johnson. And now it's time for this week in NASCAR history. Susie Armstrong has our history lesson. Susie? 
Thanks, Mike. This week, we begin with a super groovy cruise back to 1970. No one had to speculate about the top rock artists as the Guess Who or number one in the USA with American Woman. Interviewers extraordinaires Johnny Carson, Merv Griffin, and Dick Cavett ruled late night talk on the tube. Beneath the Planet of the Apes reprised the popular post-apocalyptic sci-fi flick on screens nationwide. And Leroy Yarbrough wasn't monkeying around as he took over the wheel for Donnie Allison and drove the Banjo Matthews prepared Sonny King Ford to victory in the World 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. 1980, Blondie dialed up number one status on the airwaves with the pop hit, Call Me. Mount St. Helens continued to rumble following the May 18th mass eruption. Empire Strikes Back was making noise at the box office, launching a six-week money-making spree. And the late Benny Parsons wanted his paycheck in a big way, edging Daryl Waltrip by half a car length in Charlotte. As Waltrip goes to the high side, he'll take the high part of the banking with Benny Parsons. Glued down low, tries to show the advantage. Benny Parsons will lead Waltrip off the banking to the number two turn, and it's now nose and tail on the back stretch. Oh boy, he's pushing him down through the straightaway now, right into turn three around Kale Yarbrough. They're running up on Blackie Wangren. Waltrip is right down on the apron. He is working up at the left rear corner of Parsons. He's trying to move to the inside. Out of the corner, Benny Parsons leads Darrell Waltrip down to the start finish line, and he will win the 21st annual World 600. Benny Parsons. Finishing just a half a car length ahead as they scoot off into turn number one. Waltrip will finish second in some of the best racing ever seen at Charlotte Motor Speedway. 1999, Tim McGraw shined at number one on the country album charts with A Place in the Sun. The cast of NBC's Mad About You said goodbye to 20 million viewers after an award winning seven year primetime run. And Terry Labonte said hello to a nice payday winning the 15th running of the Big Money No Points Invitational Winston All-Star Race at Charlotte. Don't forget something like that. Back to turn number three. Labonte drops down to the apron as smooth as Mercury through the final set of corners. He'll work off turn four and address start finish. Here he comes off of turn number four all by himself to the start finish line. Terry Labonte wins the 1999 running of the Winston 1.2 seconds over Tony Stewart. Labonte leading the final four laps en route to victory. After a move around Stewart, he pulled away and held on for the top spot. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. And with that, that puts a wrap on this week's show. Our thanks to Brad Keselowski's crew chief, Jeremy Bullens, for joining us. Also, Johnny Sauter and David Pepper as well. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll chat with you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength, and by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Tyler Burnett, and Rich Colbert. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. 
like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.